Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And we're finally here. The it's it's bittersweet. It's mostly sweet. We're about to watch the Chiefs play in yet another Super Bowl. This episode is going to be our Super Bowl 58 preview. But David, this also means that this is the last week of football until September. The uh, last week of NFL football until September of 2024. Um, we don't have to think so. about that just yet, though. But yeah, but we still have one more game. And golly, is it going to be a game? We're going to preview all kinds of things from this game. Talk about the Chiefs, talk about the 49ers, talk about some of the storylines heading in, give some predictions. I bet you can guess which teams we're going to pick. So all that and more coming up on this. Once again, a Super Bowl preview where the Chiefs are playing in it. (laughs) We've done two Super Bowl previews and the Chiefs have been playing in both of them. Look at us. Maybe it's our podcast. Maybe we're the reason. Maybe. Um, Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes is aware of us. I bet he's a regular listener. So Mm. we're going to get all of that going. Uh, So stick around. What do you want to watch? Going back to back. Better not. You better not know what right now. I mean, we have gone back to back Super Bowls. I could have been referencing that. That's yeah. It didn't feel like what you were referencing. All right, Super Bowl Fifty Eight. I like to. Uh, I like to call the Super Bowl Derek Thomas. Um, it is at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, home of the Raiders, also known as Arrowhead West, which David typed out on the dock here. Uh, starts at 5.30. CBS is going to be calling the game, so you're going to get to hear it. Tony Romo go, oh, oh, I don't know, Jim. Uh, at least like eight times in the fourth quarter. What are your this thoughts game. on Romo? I, I loved him initially. I know now yeah. it feels like kind of people don't like him now. I don't I don't know. What are your thoughts on him now? I think like everybody else, I, I loved him initially. I think I've cooled off on him recently. I don't hate him. I think he's fine. I think he's more annoying when your team's playing. Um, he's one of those announcers that like, whenever I'm just watching like another game and he, it's not one of my teams playing, he's, he's fine. But whenever my team is playing, I think I find him more annoying. I, I, I think three years ago, I would have said him and Nance, the best commentary booth. Now I, I don't think that's true. Um, I think it's probably Foxes, honestly. I think, uh, Burkhart and Olsen are pretty good. Oh man. Well, um, Olsen won't be there anymore maybe i mean we'll see what happens with the brady thing oh that's true i I thought it was a done deal but i guess it may not be i mean he's definitely signed with fox but like i don't know i think olsen's really good he might move down i don't don't know but i I, i'm fine with romo but what do you how do you feel about romo i mean i'm fine with him i do i mean i this is with most things most things i feel like on twitter especially where it's like I don't hate or love something as much as people seem to on Twitter. He's yeah. fine. Um, I don't, he, he's maybe, de, you know, digressed a little bit since his like rookie year of announcing. I still think he just knows a lot about football and I think he does have a good, you know, he, he has mm-hmm. knows what to say and, and knows it well. So I, I don't know. I don't hate it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. We'll see. You know, if the Chiefs are losing and he's talking, talking, talking. You know, obviously it's annoying whenever your team's losing and the announcer's like talking about the other team like they're supposed to, you know. But yeah. no, I'm not opposed to it. I, I like Nance and Romo. Um, I mean, I like him more than Aikman and 
buck honestly i think so um yeah which was that the who called the 50 super bowl 54 it was um, i remember buck because it, it was i think Aikman it was buck. yeah it was yeah, fox yeah i think it was a fox one because it rotates but now the rotation is getting a little weird because espn's getting super bowl in like 2027 i believe because now they have aikman and buck last year it was the fox game again I honestly, I don't know. I, I, it, this may sound weird or sacrilegious to people. I would rather listen to Mike Tirico and Collinsworth over Nance and Romo at this point, which, which may sound. People weird, hate Collinsworth for some reason. I like. I don't him. get I that. I mean, fine. I think he's a little corny, um, but I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the like anger. I think people mm-hmm. get too angry about broadcast people in general. Um, the only one that I kind of dislike, and I've even kind of softened on that i did not like troy aikman for a while and yeah i think he's fine i don't i don't yeah. hate him there's th- none of the a guys whenever i hear that they're calling i like herb street game i get mad on at. prime I, I love them in fo- college football he just is so knowledgeable and so excited similar to collinsworth like they just get so excited and it's like at least they're I announcing think, and they're happy about it you know yeah i think the problem with the prime is that al michaels has clearly checked out and doesn't give a crap so that's true um that's, that's which is kind of been part of the there. reason he didn't get a playoff call right this year yeah yeah i think they were not really very happy with the performance anyway but, uh, that was that was nathan and david's commentary corner um to open up the show uh the chiefs are technically the home team in this game which makes sense because they're playing in arrowhead west um and they'll be wearing the home jerseys the niners are the away jerseys the niners opened favored by one and a half or open at two and a half it's down to one and a half um and the over-under is 47 and a half. David, are you surprised the line moved down? No, I think there's been a big storyline of like, you know, oh, the Chiefs are underdogs, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, actually, I put on the outline here, Chiefs have been underdogs in actually five of their last six playoff games going back to the AFC Championship game last year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like, I feel like every week people are like, this is why you don't make Pat Mahomes the underdog. But then mm-hmm. Vegas is like, Brock Purdy, I don't care. You know, I don't, you know, it's just interesting. So I'm not surprised though. It's it's dropping because there's been a lot of talk about like, yeah, make Pat Mahomes the underdog and media night last night. He's like, do you, how do you feel as the underdog? And he just he like responds like, I don't ever think I'm the underdog. I always think I have a chance to win. So I think stuff like that. Then you got the public. I think this is probably public money. I could be wrong. I'm not exactly sure how the betting works, but people just putting money down and it's dropping a little bit. I it. I definitely don't think it'll go any more towards the Chiefs, but I, what do you think? One and a half, two? Like, what it will go back up towards the Niners? Do you think it settles around where it is? I think it settles or even goes down a little bit based yeah. on... And first of all, we should mention that lines, one, they are like a rating system, I guess, for how good the teams are. Um, so the Vegas Open feeling that the Niners are a better team than the Chiefs, and that's why they're favored. But also, they set lines because they want... Um, they want more people to, they want to sway money and push money a certain way. And the vast, vast majority of bets have been on Kansas City. It seems like a lot of the money is on Kansas City, which means that um, the books would probably like to even it out and have the for- more money be placed on the 49ers um, to maybe help them. If, you know, if Kansas City does win, they would like to, maybe sweeten a deal on the 49ers. So I think it's going to continue to move towards Kansas city. I don't think Kansas city will be favored by come Sunday, but I think it's going to keep moving that direction because I think 
Vegas wants more money to be placed on the Niners. And I, when I say Vegas, I mean the sports books. I don't mean the yeah. city or whatever, or the NFL. Yeah. I mean, the sports I did books. see that, uh, ESPN, like parlay, whatever that account is that someone put $200,000 on the chiefs this week, which is the biggest bet on one team so far. So like, it's, I mean, it's week of Super Bowl. We're probably going to see that and more, maybe even as we get close to it. Did you see something like the NFL predicts like some $26 billion will be bet on this Super Bowl this year? Between yeah, like I saw worldwide. something about that. $26 billion. Just, which is crazy that the NFL, what, eight, nine years ago was like, we are we don't want to be anywhere associated with sports gambling and anything like that. And now they're openly reporting and bragging about how much money is getting bet on their games. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird how, the, how much everything has shifted. Yeah, that just blew me away when I saw that. I was almost like, is that, did I read that right? Is that a typo? You know, but here we are. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. David, real quick. Uh, obviously, we know this is a rematch of Super Bowl 54. I want to recap that game a little bit for you, just to remind people how that um, how that went. You and I watched that together. We had the privilege of watching that together in the home of um, our good friend TJ, his childhood mm-hmm. home um, where his parents lived. Then uh, I don't remember the very end of that game because I remember as soon as Damon, Damian Williams broke off that um, run, in the that 38 yard touchdown run as soon as he got clear of the first down marker i sprinted outside because i knew we won the game mm-hmm. um and, and what, we were high-fiving were random off. people fireworks were going yeah. off that was really a, just one of the craziest um nights of my life i remember calling um uh, my dad calling my brother immediately like that was just so emotional for us because we never thought we were going to be in this situation. I think both of us can in- admit that um, we never thought we were going to be in a Super Bowl, let alone winning one. Um, but yeah. the actual game. So, David, what's the name of the famous play? I'm forgetting it now. Wasp. Yes. Wasp. Uh, so the Niners. Um, were started the second half with the first half ends tied 10 10 uh the niners start the second half and come out and score twice in the third quarter chiefs don't score any points niners are up 10 the end of the third quarter going into about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter they have the ball they have a chance to win the game they are unable to convert um and they give the ball back to kansas city and down 10 points we score a touchdown with six minutes and 13 seconds left the Niners are not going to score again. We then score another touchdown on the next drive. We get the ball. Um, seven plays, 65 yards in two minutes and 26 seconds. Ends with a Damian Williams touchdown reception. And then again, Damian Williams breaks off a run. Honestly, looking back on this, it's kind of, I know Pat was like the orchestrator of the comeback, but if you just look stats wise, you're like, why didn't Damian Williams win the Super Bowl MVP there? Mm-hmm. Um it's pretty crazy. Chiefs win 31-20. That's definitely... Do you think... I, I feel like in some respects, that aspect has been played down. The fact that this is a rematch of a Super Bowl that happened in four years ago. Do you feel like that's the case, at least media-wise in the narrative? that like, not, not, it's, I mean, it's obviously been discussed, but it's not really a focal point that this is a rematch. Yeah, I've heard a couple people like bring it up like on talk shows, good morning football, stuff like that. Uh, and you know, it's been, it's interesting. Cause I think the response has also been though, like these are two completely different teams. And I think even the teams have said that themselves of like, um, 
we're we're two completely different teams. What's crazy is this doesn't it doesn't it feel like it's been more than four years? It feels like forever ago. I think I think that's the COVID effect, honestly. Like, cause this, yeah. if you remember, yeah. this is the last like major sporting event before COVID. Like, this happens when we're going to get March Madness, and then COVID shuts the world down. Um, and so everything changed after that. And I feel like it's elongated that that length of time in my head because I was thinking, like, yeah, this is only four years ago. Like, this gap. Just just to illustrate, like the gap between the Giants Patriots Super Bowl. So the first Giants Pats um Super Bowl, the time when Manning seven? defeated the 17 and 0 um Patriots, that was Super Bowl 42 in 2008. Eight. And then they played again in 2012. So it's the same mm-hmm. gap, but those feel like it was way shorter. Yeah. And the rematch discussion was so much more a narrative in that Super Bowl. And I think there's two big reasons for that. One, that was one of the craziest upsets in Super Bowl history. The Giants were a wildcard team. The Pats were the most dominant team in league history. And the fact that they were able to come up with an upset and then they were rematching again was a big deal. And number two, quarterbacks were the same. Eli Manning was the giant killer. Tom Brady was the giant. That's different in this case. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback in the last Super Bowl. Brock Purdy is now the quarterback. The Niners have Christian McCaffrey. Our friend TJ sent us some trivia earlier today. There's only mm-hmm. eight players that were on the Chiefs roster uh, during the 2019-2020 season and on that Super Bowl team that are still on the roster now. Um, it's it's pretty crazy, yeah. That how much both teams have changed since then. Do you think that the fact that this is a rematch will play a factor into this game at all? Or do you think it doesn't really matter? I think for me, the only people it'll play a factor to will be those, the likes of like George Kittle, Fred Warner, um, Debo Samuel. Like, you know, there's a handful of guys. I don't even think Trent Williams was on the team. And this, I think he was on the Texans at this time. So I think that's the only thing it'll, you know, the only people it'll matter to, I think is just those Niners guys. Um, and we even seen that clip of Kittle saying, I will be back. I will be back in this game, right? As the chiefs celebrate their win. Uh, and he is. So I think for the chiefs, it's like, no, 2019 was a different team. We can't like, mm-hmm. we can't reference that. We're a different team. We got to focus. We got to get our job done. And if you're Brock mm-hmm. Purdy, if you're a new guy, I guess maybe you're like, this matters because it matters to George, my teammate. But I think really it's just, um, you know, Kittle and a handful that experienced that. And then maybe Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's a former assistant under Andy Reid. And so as obviously there's great respect for each other, but you always kind of want to beat your, the guy that, that mentored you, right? You, you want to do that. But you mentioned a different team and I'm looking at this, the game leaders, you mentioned Garoppolo, he's gone. Mahomes um, was there and Mahomes is actually the only stat leader from that game that's still on the team. Mostert was the leader for the Niners. Now in the Dolphins, Damian Williams, leader for the Chiefs. And now I believe he's a free agent, maybe the Bears. I can't remember where he is. Kendrick Bourne was the receiving leader for the Niners. I'm not sure where he is. Tyree Kill for the Chiefs, and he's on the Dolphins. So, it, yes, quarterback is different, but also it just it does feel like these teams are really just drastically different. Yeah, the playmakers. Uh, other than the too. coach, other than the head coach, you know. Mm. And so it is a fun storyline. Like, it is a rematch. That's just what it is. Um but I think that's why it's not been talked about as much is because, one, it feels longer ago, maybe probably because of COVID. I think you're right. But also, it really are, they are drastically different teams. Um, and so here we are. Yeah. 
and I think there's, they've also had two very different journeys to this point. So, um, the, the Niners have been a team that's, and this is, this is since Kyle Shanahan has really started his tenure at that franchise. The Niners have always been the team with quarterback questions. And, and that has kind of been their, they're hanging over their head every single season that he has been there. Um, it was first, is Garoppolo good enough to get the job done? He made it to the Super Bowl, but then a lot of people, myself included, feel like if their quarterback was better on that Niners team, they might have won that Super Bowl. I mean, Garoppolo missed some key throws um, at the end of that game, and that really cost them because they were unable to pick up first downs and keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. Um, and then you obviously go to Purdy and all the discourse that's surrounding Brock Purdy, and he gets hurt in an NFC title game. Um, and you're wondering whether or not they would have made the Super Bowl and they would have won a title last year. Um, and the Chiefs have been the complete opposite of that. Patrick Mahomes has been the most stable quarterback in the NFL. Um, he is the most sought after, the best quarterback in the league, and he has carried teams. I think this year is a little different, um, but he's carried teams, his team to conference championship and Super Bowl appearances. Um, the Niners, after they lost Super Bowl 54, they had a down year, which often happens after teams lose the Super Bowl. Um, and then they lost two NFC championship games in a row. And now they're back in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I just think it's interesting how you can have a rematch, but have two teams take such different paths to get there and have such different narratives surrounding them. Even though the Niners, I mean, that's success. Can you know, 27 yeah. other fan bases would be like, please, can we have that? You know, but for the Niners, it's like, no. This isn't where we want to be, you know, so it's just interesting on perspective. Right. And the Niners have been the perpetually in the NFL, the team that has the best skill players and the best guys, the best roster, but they just haven't been able to get over the hump. And with Brock Purdy, they have this year. Um, yes, they've been down in some playoff games. They, they also had different, I mean, different runs in the playoffs. The, the chiefs have not dominated really, but, um, haven't really been trailing in a major way in the playoffs this year, which is different from their run the year that they actually made the Super Bowl. They, I mean, the year they were trailing all the time in playoff games and actually had to make a comeback in the Super Bowl. That's been different this year. And the Niners have been the other way around. They were a team that was on fire, but he thought they were going to dominate. They lose to the Ravens at the end of the season. They got some questions. People are wondering, are they as good as we thought they were? And then they struggle against the likes of the Packers and the Lions down to both teams and having to make mount comebacks in the second half. I, I, I just think it's, it's wild how, how different these teams have been in the last four years yeah. between them, but they end up in the same place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, well, you know, the, the Chiefs have had better wins in the playoffs, but the better teams find a way. And that's kind of what we said with the Chiefs because the Chiefs were the ones a couple of years ago that, oh, I got to come back. And, oh, my gosh, it's 24 nothing. They're losing the Texans. And they won 51 to 31. And, it's kind of like you mentioned, though, it's switched this year. Like, well, are the Niners going to do it? But it's like, well, the good teams find a way to win and they made it to the big game. And that's really all that matters. So mm-hmm. it is interesting. I feel like always with the Super Bowl, like, I mean, there's there is some truth to like, how have you looked the last two months? But I feel like once you get to the big game, it's like, all right, you got to. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Is it like what's happened the last couple of months matters or it's like, OK, we're in the big game nothing else matters now. Like you got to, it's a new page. We're on the Super Bowl. It's two weeks rest. What you've seen, like, is there truth to that? Or is it like, no, it's how they looked is how they're going to look in this game. I think it definitely matters. I think 
momentum matters. Um, but like you can almost throw out anything from the regular season at this point. Like it feels like it's so far away that I think um, uh, the questions that I had, but when they got blown out by the Ravens, the 49ers, I don't really know if that's really a factor anymore because I've seen them play in the playoffs. I think it matters. It still matters a little bit, but I think it's less because it is just one game. Like you go in and you, you watch the way that, we can use the Patriots Giants example. The Giants got hot in the playoffs and the fact that they were winning games, but the Giants weren't setting the world on fire. They didn't come into the Super Bowl like, wow, this is a hot team. You better watch out. Like, you better watch out for the Giants. They definitely can beat these Patriots. I think most of the public expected that that not, wasn't going to happen just because of what the Patriots had done. And then that one game is all they needed. They just needed to keep yeah. it close and they needed a couple of late game heroics from Eli Manning and obviously David Tyree. Um, I, I think that it matters a little bit playoff momentum, but I think that, yeah, one, it's the Super Bowl. Like it's one game. That's, that's the thing about football that we love so much that makes it so unique is it's, it's one game. Like yeah. you're, it's not a best of seven. You don't get to come back with your best shot later on. You have to win this now and you have to play well now. And you can come into the game and lay an absolute goose egg. Um, and that's your legacy see the Denver Broncos um, against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, that, that's all anybody remembers. As soon as the snap got chucked over Peyton Manning's head to open that game and the Seahawks scored a touchdown, it was, it was done. And it didn't matter what they did that season at all. Yep. You know what's the craziest set of all time for me? What? If Eli Manning won a playoff game, he won the Super Bowl. He either yeah, like won the Super Bowl or either lost in the first round or didn't make the playoffs. That's insane. Remember us finding that finding that out? We're like, wait in the world, hold up. <laughs> just the oh, ultimate heat check guy, Eli Manning. Just yeah. just was if he was on, he was on, and that was what was going to happen. That's, that's crazy. Pretty, that's pretty amazing. Um, let's talk about the Chiefs. So the Chiefs, obviously, we've already talked about Conan underdogs made their fourth Super Bowl appearance in the last five years. Uh, David, you have a couple of stats here if you want to just read them off that you've written down on the sheet here. Yeah. Um, so the last three times um, the Chiefs have and the Niners have played each other, uh, and this goes back, I believe the first game being um, Super Bowl 54. So we've played them, we played them um, last year, and then we played them in Super Bowl 54, and then there would have been another time. Um, but the Chiefs have averaged 37.7 points per game. Um, that's mm. pretty good. They scored 45 last year in that regular season game. That even surprised us. We're like, whoa. Yeah, that was I, an I actually, absolute pasting. Yeah, I think that was Chris McCaffrey's very first game. He like flew into San Fran like Tuesday yes. and still played Sunday. So yes. crazy. And then obviously the Super Bowl, they scored 31. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a fun stat now. This is a different offense that we've seen. I would probably bet money that the chiefs wouldn't score, won't score 37 points. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just an interesting, like, you know, we hear even with the good offense of the chiefs, it's the Niners defense has always been the talk, like Niners defense, Niners defense. But it is interesting that the chiefs offense always finds ways to be successful with that. Um, and the reason for that is Pat, uh, he is the first quarterback in NFL history to start in four Super Bowls before turning 30. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's a knock on wood moment. I guess he has to actually start the game so no one jinx anything. Um, but no quarterback in NFL history has started in four Super Bowls before the age of 30, which is crazy. Um, 
Nathan mentioned them being underdogs. Patrick is 12 and one as an underdog against the spread in his career. And you probably know his only loss. Yeah. And it was Tom Brady. Um, And then I mentioned this chiefs have been underdogs in five of their last six playoff games. Bengals last year in the AFC championship Eagles in the super bowl. And then their one favor was they were favored against the dolphins this year, but then bills underdog Ravens underdog and now Niners underdog. Mm-hmm. Does that surprise you? I feel like, you know, we talk about, oh, is this a dynasty in the making? It's Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the greatest we've ever seen in the Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Are you surprised that in five of the last six playoff games, they're the, the dogs or does that not surprise you? What do you think? No, it doesn't surprise me because I think that each year, um, this year is no exception. I think we've always had a gaping weakness on one side of the ball, and I think that that's probably the reason for it. Prior to this year, it was always the defense. Everybody was like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is great, but that defense just bleeds points. And 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 for the most part, it did. I mean, we were able to get it done in those games, but for the most part, the defense was just absolutely bleeding points. And this year, it's the same questions about the offense. Um, and, you know, they've been able to get it done but I think a lot of people overreacted even to that conference championship game and were like, that's Pat Mahomes. And yes, he made a play at the end of the game that throwed Valdez Scantling, and he did what he needed to do. But like the defense shut Baltimore down. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, why we've been kind of underrated. And I think it's also fatigue as well. I think you get tired of people who are winning all the time. And so you're looking for a reason for somebody else that like finally they're going to meet their match. And I think that keeps happening. And yeah. it's clear that the Chiefs have not met their match. Yeah. David, well, I was even watching. Sorry, sorry go ahead. No, you well, go ahead. I was even watching Good Morning Football this morning. And one of the talk show hosts made a good point of like people. We've already reached. So he said to the top shelf and pulled down the Tom Brady are we is Mahomes in the same echelon as Tom Brady? Like that's like the top argument. Obviously, he's the greatest of all time, and he won his seventh. And people were like, "Oh, let's you know cork this bottle and put it on the top shelf, and we can bring that down and see if you know maybe in the future if anybody will ever be able to be as good as him." And he's like, "And five minutes later, we're already taking this off the top shelf because Mahomes has played so well." He's like, "We're running out of things to talk about because." You know, we've t- right. they've been successful for so long. It's like we've talked about everything, you know. And he's right. like, I think that's just common. He's like, right, what right, you said, it gets gets it's old hat, and you know, people want the next new thing, and um, but they they keep sticking around. So it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty strange. Um, just the way that the way that that continues to be framed. I think I've thought there was never going to be anybody close to Tom, and I now think Pat is clearly too. And I, I don't know. I mean, there can be argument. You can argue Joe Montana, I guess, but I think Pat's clearly too. And so that's, that's why I think people are getting tired of the narrative and, and we're the villains now. I mean, the, the chiefs were booed, um, at the media opening, like opening ceremony for the Super Bowl. which, when did they start doing that? Or did I just not pay attention? Like, when did they start doing like a whole big, big thing? Is that like seven, eight years? Like, I, I'm just wondering when they did well, like an Olympic game style opening ceremony. I never watched until the Chiefs did it. Like I would I wasn't watching this whole week because it's the Chiefs aren't in this, you know. But I yeah. remember in nineteen they did the same thing because in nineteen they're in their all white jumpsuits in Miami and it looks cool. But yeah, I don't know. I never watched like the media days because I didn't care about the Rams or the Patriots or you know what I mean? So I, right. I really don't know. Right. Okay, David, I want to read a stat off to you. So the in the Chiefs franchise history, one of these games they were the Dallas Texans. In in Chiefs franchise history, they have played 43 playoff games. 
Um, the Chiefs playoff record is 23 and 21. Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game that he started was on January 12th of twenty eight or of 2019. He started against the Indianapolis Colts. They won that game. They went on to lose the next game. So Pat was one in one in his first season in the playoffs. But prior to that, the Chiefs were awful in the playoffs. I just want to read what the current record is. So I'm counting up the wins here. So one win in 2018, three wins 2019, two wins 2020. So we're up to six wins, two more, 12 wins, or two more, eight wins, 11 wins next. And now he's going on 14 wins. And 14 and three in that span. So the Chiefs, 14 and three since Patrick Mahomes was started being the quarterback in the playoffs. Which means they were nine and 18 prior to his arrival. Nine and 18. And the Chiefs had won one playoff game prior to Patrick Mahomes, had won one playoff game since 1993. They won a playoff game in 2015, the now Davis kickoff return mm. the, against the Houston Heard Texans. The world. Yeah. They have won one playoff game. Like the amount of success the Chiefs have managed to have uh, of late is absolutely staggering when you put it in the context of how awful this franchise was in the playoffs. And one, I should mention that one of the playoff wins that is being counted here is the 1962 AFL championship against the Houston Oilers when the Chiefs won in overtime 20 to 17. So you could, I guess, strike that win from the record possibly. Um, because it wasn't even the Super Bowl era yet. Yeah. So Chiefs were eight and eighteen prior to Andy Reid getting hired because they won that one with Andy before, right? So then, before Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they were eight and eighteen. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, people. Hey, us like lifelong Chiefs fans, we remember this. You know what I mean? People forget how bad Chiefs fans, but also just random football fans forget like. Chiefs haven't always been great. Let mm. us enjoy this, man. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, Andy that's... was the coach for the Texans one. I should say Andy was the coach for the Texans one. Yeah, that was his first year. We made it to the playoffs that first year. But yes, let like I, I know everybody's tired of us at this point, and that's how this works. But this, I mean, you were a, a a destitute franchise before before these people came along. And this year we're getting it done in a way that we haven't got it done before um, with a great defense too. Uh, the The Chiefs defense has not allowed 30 points all season. The highest point output they have allowed is 27. This is a team that has relied heavily, heavily on their defense, especially in the second half of football games to absolutely smother opponents and not give up points. And I think that's what really changes this game um, that's what I, I, and you've mentioned this too. We're going to make our predictions later or we can make them now. I think oh, David, what is your prediction? Just give you, we're going, prediction. we're going now. We can just get it out of the way. I mean, we are both picking the same team. You pick the 49ers. I'm going to drive up to Maryville tonight and beat you up. But that means we'll see each other. Oh yeah. I mean, guess, I guess that would be true. It's going to be, um, I just, 
I don't really don't want to do that. So don't pick the 49ers. No, I'm not. I'm picking the Chiefs. I don't, honestly, I don't have a score yet. I've been thinking about that. Oh, Are so you, do you have a score? or hold off. I mean, I'm going to have a score now. I, I, I reserve the right to revise my score. I think the Chiefs beat the 49ers. My score right now is going to be 24-17 Chiefs. Mm. But you, um, you made a bold prediction uh-huh. yesterday. Um, and if you're able to share it, because you said you had some stats to back up why you why you believe that prediction. So if you're yes. able to share that prediction, go ahead yeah. and do it now. And uh, I'll, I couldn't even start with these stats. Um, it's just it's interesting, and I'm not. It's not. Remember, these stats are just factual, right? You're not. It's never a shot taking. It's never any of that. Um, and I'll start with this kind of a kind of a both both teams here. Mahomes has had zero. Here, let me preface. This is per um, a PFF. So take it as you will. I know PFF has come under fire as as of late of how they take their stats and what they regard as as what as a success as a fail. But so just take that as you will. But per PFF, Mahomes has had zero turnover worthy plays in the playoffs. He's also avoided minor mistakes. He already led the regular season with the lowest rate of negatively graded dropbacks. That's ten point three percent. During the playoffs, he's actually brought that number down to 6.3%. So 6.3% of the time, he has a negative, re- negatively rated uh, drop back, which leads the league. Brock Purdy, rate of negatively graded drop backs is 23%. And the postseason would have been the worst rate of all quarterbacks with 200 plus drop backs in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um so there's that. And then I, I want to mention, not even, this isn't even really much as much at Brock, but just kind of, the, honestly, the teams that the Niners have faced. Um, Brock Purdy, and I, I, this isn't all on Brock. I'll say the, the Niners have played against two top five pass defenses this season. Two. And in week six, they played Cleveland. And Purdy was 12 for 27, 125, a touchdown and a pick. The Niners scored 17 points. In week 16 versus Baltimore, Purdy 18 of 32, 255 yards, no touchdowns, four picks. Niners scored 12 points. The Chiefs' defensive ranks, third in per dropback EPA allowed, third in success rate allowed, fourth in explosive plays rate allowed, second in pressure rate this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, this, this Niners' offense is really, really good. But it is evident that when they've played, a, obviously, a top-five defense, the offense has struggled. And, and I think on top of that, we, we hear Trent Williams, and we assume this Niners O-line's really good. The Niners' offensive line is actually really, really – interior is really bad. Uh, Trent Williams is very, very good. Um, but that is their biggest weakness as a team is this offensive front. Especially in um, passing scenarios. Yes. Yep. The Niners center, right guard, and right tackle combined for 30th this year in pressure rate. Third to last. And that's the side that Chris Jones and George Kalaftis line up on. Um, and I'm, yes, I'm, if you notice, I'm saying all defensive stats because I think this year, this is the side of the ball that we trust the most. Like if that, if this side of the ball mm-hmm. shows up, they give us the best chance at winning mm-hmm. the game. Not to mention the, one of the best quarterbacks of all time is on the other side. So, I really like it's going to be a good game. It's, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, um, but I think the Chiefs win by more than one possession because um, I really just do think 
Purdy is good, but I think the defense is going to overwhelm him. We see the way that Spags sends these wild blitz packages and the simulated pressures. And heck, against the Dolphins, they were in two high. Right before the snap, they rotated to single high. And then Mike Edwards kept running and rotated backwards on the snap, and they dipped back into two high. And Tua was like, what the frick is this? This is not English. This is not, what am I supposed to do with it? You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think Spags is going to have Purdy really. And I don't think that he's seen a defensive coordinator this year um, mm-hmm. like Spags. I think this defense is locked in. Willie Gay's back, which is huge for that middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Brian Cook will be back, but Mike Edwards has stepped up and been just fine. So um, I, you know, I don't think the offense is going to put up 37.7 like they've been averaging, but I think. I'm, give me the Chiefs to win um, 30 to 17. I'll, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. 13 point win. Um, I don't know. I, this worries me, Nathan, but I feel more confident about this game than I did the Ravens game. Like, truly. And that might be the quarterback situation. Maybe just the complete difference in quarterback and the, the fact that Lamar is going to win MVP and he's already has. But I, I am much more worried about, was worried about the Ravens game than I was, than I am this game. So yes. I may hate myself for saying that. I don't know. But that's just kind of how I'm feeling right now. I think I'm partially in the same boat for a couple of reasons. First, uh, I think you're right in identifying that the weakness of this 49ers team is their pass, is their passing attack. Um, and it's not necessarily all Brock Purdy. It's it's definitely partially and and a lot of it is on the quarterback himself, but they they just don't have a great pass block. Their pass protection is not is not stellar, and the Chiefs have an excellent excellent pass rush. I do also want to mention Brock Purdy played very well this regular season. He had a sixty nine percent completion percentage, throw for threw for over four thousand yards, thirty one touchdowns, eleven picks. Had better stats than Patrick Mahomes. The Patrick, Easily, yeah. he was in the yep. he was in the MVP conversation. And it's a much smaller sample size, but he has regressed a little bit um, in the postseason 43 for 70 so far in the postseason 61 percent completion percentage only two touchdowns and one pick and his average yards per attempt is down two and a half yards from what it was in the in the regular season so yes that that does look worse his quarterback rating is also down um in the regular season the average 113 quarterback rating it's now at 87 7 so he's he has not played as well in the playoffs as he did in the regular season. This happens commonly, especially with young quarterbacks. I don't think that Brock Purdy is necessarily going to lose the 49ers this game. I'm just not confident that Brock Purdy could go and win the 49ers this game. That sounds Bingo. like stupid media speak and talk, but like if the if the Chiefs get out to a lead like they did against the Ravens, I'm less confident that Brock Purdy come out and come back. And what the what they are going to need to rely on, and I think what is going to be the most important thing for the 49ers is going to be this rushing attack. And I think that's their path to victory if they can do it. The Chiefs are ranked 18th against the run, and it was their Achilles heel all year, which is why it was so dumbfounding that the Ravens chose not to attack it. I think the Ravens panicked when the Chiefs got a lead and got away from their game plan. Christian McCaffrey rush for almost 1500 yards, 5.4 yards a carry. The 49ers as a team rush for 2400 almost 2400 yards a season with 4.8 yards per carry. They are far and away one of the best rushing attacks in the league. They however were not as good as the Ravens, but they were still a very good rushing attack. I think that that is the side of the football 
that the 49ers are going to have to lean on because our running attack isn't as great. Our linebackers are good in coverage. Our linebackers are not run stoppers. Our best defenders are not run stoppers. That's just that's just not what we're, they're built for. They're built for teams that have to pass. The Chiefs' yeah. defense is built to play with the lead. They, and that's what they've been able to do in the playoffs. That's why they've been so successful. They, they're built to play with the lead. They're not built to play from behind, necessarily. They can get stops. I'm not saying that that's not possible. But that's not what their game is. But if, if the Chiefs, and Andy Reid knows this, I'm sure the game plan is going to be, obviously you want to score as much as possible, but the game plan is going to be get out on the early lead and then sit on the ball. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what they did against the Ravens. and it Take worked. care of the football. Take, take <laughs> care of the football, have these long drives. We don't need big plays. What we need is to get eight first downs and choose seven minutes of clock on all of our drives and have Pacheco run it in from the two-yard line. That's perfect. Yeah. That is an ideal drive for Andy Reid in this case. And that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to keep the Niners offense off the field, not because they're worried about Brock Purdy, but because they want to limit um, the amount of time the Niners have to move the football because that's going to limit their rushing attack. Get them out that's of sync. going to be the big deal. You want to get them out of sync because Christian McCaffrey is outside of quarterbacks, the most dangerous skill player in the league. I don't is really he a know. Top if that's... five running back of all time. Is that ridiculous to say? Yeah, I think a little, but uh, top Sorry, 10, top, maybe top. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, if you just start going down the list of running backs, I'm, you're talking about guys like Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, um, Walter Payton. That's true. Like, I don't know if he's quite to that point yet, but yeah. he's also playing in a completely different era, and he's by far the most effective back in the pass-heavy area because of everything mm-hmm. he can do. The 49ers are also going to try to get them out on screens. You Like you said, their offensive line isn't great, but they do, you know, they can get Trent Williams and George Kittle, two amazing blockers out in space. That's yeah. what they're going to try to do. But to run screens, to run plays like that, you need time. You need clock. You need to be able to chew clock. They're going to try to keep Mahomes off the field too. Yeah. But the what the Chiefs are going to try to do is use Pacheco and have this defense just smother them and then have Mahomes just take care of the football. That's been the game mm-hmm. plan all playoffs, and it's worked. Yeah, um, and I think I, I mentioned ahead. there's a question down there, biggest key to the game for each team. I think it's can the Niners run the football? Because if they can't run the football – they obviously will be in a passing situation. Well, they need time to pass the ball, but when guys like Sneed and McDuffie are locked up one on one in your face, getting mm-hmm. your you know, Debo's getting jammed at the line, you need an extra second and a half for them to actually get into their route, to actually get into the tree. And so when you don't have protection, right, that I mean it throws off the timing. That's I think that's why I love that the, our D backs are so physical, is it throws back it throws off the timing of the entire play. You know, you need an extra time to for them to get to where they need to be. And so I think that's the biggest key to the game for me for the Niners is if they run the, if they successfully run the football game they can win this game if they don't successfully run the football game they're going to lose mm-hmm. um, because that they need that they need that to work and you know if you notice like at the beginning of the game last week for the Chiefs they had like seven guys in the box for the Ravens they were like going single high and then press man outside and they almost like were forcing like throw the top of us we dare you so they. It's tough because like you almost want to have that same scenario, but Brandon Ayuk and Debo, do you want to leave them one on one? You know, so it is a much different. It's a taller task, I think, for this defense um, this week, but in a different way. Whereas you're not worried about you know Brock scrambling the way Lamar does or doing designed runs, which for some reason I'm not sure the Ravens did a single designed run against the Chiefs, which is their mm-hmm. strength. 
wild mm-hmm. to me. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a challenge in a different way, but, um, yeah, chiefs they're, and we know that they're doing this, but their sole purpose of this week has to be stop Christian McCaffrey, stop mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, stop, you know, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah. And this may sound counter to what has actually happened in the playoffs because the 49ers have made comebacks and I'm sitting here telling, saying that I don't believe that they can do that, um, in this game. And I think they're going to need to have a lead and keep the lead in order to win this game. But the 49ers had comebacks against the Packers and the Lions, two teams with bottom half defenses, two yeah. teams that that did not have good defenses. The 49ers um, also have not gotten great defensive play, uh, but they were able to. And that, that Lions game, I think, is just a string of just mishaps in the second half. But the it, it's better to be lucky than good a lot. So you can't begrudge the 49ers for winning a game the way that they won it. But they're making comebacks against defenses that are not near to the caliber that the Chiefs' defense is. Um, and I think if they're relying on Brock Purdy, um, especially to, like you said, make the big throws, throw outside the numbers, um, throw down the field, under pressure, on the move, I think that's something that the Chiefs have to be confident in. And I, I, I would imagine Spags has a diabolical game plan. Please, for this yeah. and knows exactly what he needs to eliminate because if we're being honest the 49ers skill players just far exceed the chiefs it's yeah the christian debo i mean tight ends a wash but receivers and running backs it's it's all 49ers they have a lot of great players to get the ball to but you got to be able to get the ball there and if mm-hmm. the passing if the passing attack can't if they can't get the ball to those guys if Brock Purdy is under pressure because in the first half of that NFC championship game, the lions were able to generate quite a bit of pressure against the 49ers. They were able to even do it in the second half. Purdy made some good throws in the second half, but they were, they were still able to put a lot of pressure on Purdy and the lions front four is decent. It ha- they have Aiden Hutchinson, but it's nowhere near what the chiefs had. Yep. So that I think is going to be a, a big factor. Yeah, man, I I know this is crazy that we're saying this after like the first couple of years of having Spags, but I hope he just blitz the crap out of him. Remember how we're like, I don't know if I like Spags blitz because it's either like a sa- a sack or a giving up touchdown. Yeah, but I hope I mean I hope he's just sending pressure all day, dude. You, you gotta you gotta make him so uncomfortable, and you gotta get him quick on his feet and get him rattled. I mean, this kind of happened against the Dolphins. Like Tua was so rattled, and there were even guys open downfield. But he just didn't have time to throw, didn't have the windows or uh, the availability to throw, you know, the, the ball to Tyreek or Waddle down the fields. I think that's just what they're going to have to do. And I mm-hmm. think they can do it. I think mm-hmm. Justin Reed and Trent McDuffie are dogs on the blitz. They just they yeah they're the way they can disguise it and same pick. I'm, I'm excited. Blitz. I'm excited to see them. I do have a question for you. Um, yes. And I know what we've been talking about. We maybe even talked about this a little bit. But I, I want you to think about this. Do you trust in this game the defense of the Chiefs or the offense more? And I know we haven't talked about the Niners' defense, but that they're, they're, they have one of the worst pass defenses in the league, believe it or not. And um, do we think that we've seen a better front four with the Ravens and Bills than we will with the Niners? What do you think? Yes, I think that the defenses that we played in the last two playoff games are better than the Niners' defense overall. It's weird to say this, um, but I think that I think that I do trust the offense more after everything that we've said because I think, one, you have Patrick Mahomes. Two, I think the offense is playing well and knows exactly what it needs to do. Um, And I trust guys like Pacheco and Rasheed Rice and obviously Travis Kelsey to make plays. 
But I, it's a strength versus strength, I think, is 49ers offense versus Chiefs defense. Strength versus weakness is what I think the matchup is for Chiefs offense versus the 49ers defense and, and what the Chiefs do well. Um, and I think the Chiefs have run the ball well, which the 49ers have been okay at, but they've, they've still had some struggles. But the 49ers are, have not been good at stopping the intermediate throws, the screen passes, in the last couple of weeks. That's what the and the Chiefs um, live off that. Lions excelled in and that's what the Chiefs live off of. I don't think the 49ers are I think they have a couple of deep cover guys who are really good. Traverius Ward is a, is an excellent defensive back. He's fast. His strength, his strength is covering the deep ball. That's what he's really good at. He's not as good at tackling on screens. That's not what he's asked to do a lot. That's not what he's good at. And so I think that that is a strength of the Chiefs, and so that's why I believe, and and they have Patrick Mahomes, and I think that they have a really good game plan, and it's Andy off a of bye. You can keep saying mm. it; we've said it to death. It's Andy Reid off a of bye. You can't forget that. Thirty um, and seven, I think, in his career off a of yes, bye. Yes, off a of bye with with extra rest. Um, he's excellent in that point, and so I, I think you just have to feel a lot of confidence. Yeah. Um, in that in that respect, and so. And and it also comes down to like I think that the Niners will be able to run the football on the Chiefs, and that's going to be infuriating to watch. I think it's just it's so tough um, to watch your team give up six, seven, eight yard runs all the time. Um, and I and the Forty Nine ers going to be able to do that against our defense, and they know that, and I think that's what they're going to plan for. And so in this moment, if you ask me right now, Point Blake, I think one side of the football has Patrick Mahomes on it. And I, I think has a lot of time to prepare. And another side is not really uniquely matched up to help to help against the 49ers offense. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, the stat that helps me answer, and I agree with you, the stat that helps me answer this question the most is just seeing Kelsey go eleven for eleven, 116 yards and one touchdown last week against the best defense in the league. Shredded them. Absolutely dismantled them against apparently, you know, the best well, he was against the best safety in the league, first team all pro. Now, granted, that touchdown throw was a literal as perfect pass as There's it could no, possibly be. No, like Hamilton way. played Hamilton that incredible. That. No, yeah, yeah that's but not. Kelsey was shredding Patrick Queen and and uh, Roquan Smith all game, who were a little too jacked up on Mountain Dew, and then he obviously was doing kind of what he wanted with Kyle Hamilton. So, I, I mean, if Kelsey can do this against this Ravens team. I have absolutely no doubt that he can do this against a pretty banged up Niners uh, team. And I mean, Fred Warner is really good, but you can't put Fred Warner on Kelsey. And no, who you, are you going to put Ward on? Like who? Who? No. You got a double team Kelsey, which no. like I can't imagine being in the, the Niners room the whole week of like, okay, how are we going to stop Kelsey? Because if Kyle right. Hamilton, all pro, first team All Pro, couldn't do it, the heck are we going to do? You know? And, and so and I, I think you also have a good point in that the the Niners have a the Niners have two great, legitimately great all pro, all pro defensive players. Nick Bosa, who I think will cause problems for our tackles. I, I, I think that. And Fred Warner. I see a lot of people talking about Chase Young. Chase Young has not played well. There's a reason mm-hmm. Chase Young is on the 49ers and not on the Washington Commanders right now. It's because they, yes, the Commanders were dumping players in order to just tank and help their draft stock but chase young has not played well really since his rookie year and I, he has flashes but i think overall he has been an incons- incredibly inconsistent pass rusher and so they have nick bosa 
who is an elite of the elite pass rusher. And they have Fred Warner, who's one of the best linebackers in the league. Outside of that, like Traverius Ward is solid, but they don't have a lot of guys that are scaring you and they're vulnerable to the pass. And so I think that that is, that is definitely, um, Emma Holmes is, and this offensive line have been excellent in avoiding sacks, yeah. which is what the 49ers defense really drives on. They drive on, you know, you drop back on a second and seven and Nick Bosa sacks you seven yards. And now you have a third and 14. You got to figure out what to do. Mahomes mm-hmm. excels in not getting sacked yeah. and running out of the pocket whenever he needs to and getting first outs with his legs. So that's why I feel confident there. I I think that Bosa could have a big game. I think the way that they're going to try to attack it is he's going to try to get some calls early. The best way to get Juwan Taylor off his game is to get a couple of holding calls early. Yes, he's already talked about it. And I think it's fair for, I don't like Nick Bosa. I think his comments are fair. Um, They do hold a lot. Juwan Taylor is the most penalized player in the league. He's the, he's had the most accepted holding calls on him of any offensive tackle this season. They okay. hold a lot. Yeah. So does everybody. So does every single lineman in the league. There's holding on every play in the NFL. There just legitimately is. It's just whether it's egregious enough to rise to the level and the refs see it. Mm-hmm. Well, but especially in a game like this, they're going to let him play unless it's just, well, they should unless it's egregious. They have if, been at least. If he's already putting it out, out there, though, he's already, and the refs are going to be watching Taylor. That's the one way to get Juwan Taylor off his game. Once he gets a penalty, he gets another, and he gets another, and then he false mm-hmm. starts, and then he starts not trusting himself. And yeah. so that's that's what I think he's going to try to do. I think that's their best path, best path to success against the Chiefs is trying to get the tackles off balance. Mm-hmm. When I think of a way that the Chiefs can expose Nick Bosa, as weird as this sound is to leave him unblocked. I think they did this in the Super Bowl 54, but like a lot of like screens his way or a lot of like speed options where you're almost going right at him, but he's not in the mm-hmm. position to make the play. If that makes yeah. sense. Like I think don't let him, don't let him lot. come from the other side, force yeah. the action at him and make him play on his heels. That's like what they're going to do. Like scored in 54 when Mahomes had a speed option. And I think Bosa was the guy and Mahomes was like, Bosa, you're going to come to me. Or you're going to go to the running back. And then Mahomes fake right. pitched it. Bosa took a step and he, and Mahomes scored. So uh, yeah, Reads like a mastermind, and I think he, they're probably even watching the film. They have to be watching the film from '54 about like mm-hmm. Warner and Nick Bosa and some of these guys that are coming back. Uh, about man, how can we expose? You know, how can we find the weakness in this defense? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I am. I'm very confident in this game. Uh, I think I'm as confident as I have been in the Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl. But I will, I will say that I think I've gotten less and less confident as we get closer to the game, and so my confidence level is dropping. And I think that's probably because of where we saw these two teams at in respect to their championship Sunday wins. Because the gotcha. 49ers came from behind, had needed a ball to bounce off a Lions DB helmet, and Dan Campbell to make some fourth down blunders in order to win a game. And the Chiefs pretty thoroughly dominated the Ravens. And I think that it's probably easy to be a prisoner of the moment there and see one team win the way they did another barely win and think, okay, well, they got all the momentum, so let's see what happens here. Um, and and I don't know if that's going to factor in, but I think as we've gotten further away from that, I've been like, maybe I was a little, maybe I was a little rash. And yeah. Thinking yeah. how great they've been playing. So, And then kind of something else. So, I, I put on here, Ravens have no injured players. That's not entirely correct. You mean 49ers. Uh, yeah, sorry. Niners have no injured players. Uh, Taylana Hufunga is on the IR. He's kind of their star safety. Jair Which Brown is, is really now playing. affected their defense. It has, and it's been downhill since. So he is, and I'm seeing some other guys injured. I don't really 
am familiar with them. So for the Niners, it's really just Hufunga. For the Chiefs, uh, unfortunately, Aminihu tore his ACL last week. He's out, which is crazy because he even didn't after, even think he did it. After yeah, the game, he's like, like oh, yeah, be I'll be fine. So that hurts. Um, Tooney, he hasn't practiced this week. I said doubtful, even though they said he's questionable. I, I don't, I don't think he's he'll go. Allegretti did fine, good enough, and it worked. I, yeah, Allegretti. We talked about this last very, week. Very like, we didn't backup. hear his name, which means he did his job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Allegretti's um, a very strong backup. McKinnon is coming off the IR and could potentially play. Um, although, after I wrote this, I saw on Twitter that Reed isn't confident. Um, I don't yeah. know if he likes McKinnon being on IR the whole se- half the season, then coming back and playing a whole football game, which makes sense. You don't want to re-injure something if you're not ready. Yeah. And I mean, they had to open the window to bring him back. They had to like activate him if they were going to bring him back at all. Um, and so I think they did. And he'll probably dress um, and be on the sidelines ready to which go. Which is cool. But, yeah. But I don't know that he's going to get a lot of a lot of use. So, fairly healthy. Um, Tune in Omenihue the last couple weeks really sucks, but Willie Gay is back. Uh, knowing Nick Allegretti step up the way he did, that's comforting. Um, I think Omenihue will hurt, but we'll just have to have other guys like FAU, a rookie out of K-State we drafted. Like Other guys will just have to step up. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, pretty healthy. Um, so, I really don't think that's a determining factor on who to pick because I, I think both teams are feeling fine. Um, Nathan, I'm curious, who do you think – we don't have to do this for both sides, for both teams, but I did write who will be the offensive defensive MVP for each team. Like, let's okay. say, you know, if, if the Chiefs win, who do you think is going to be the MVP? And if the Niners win, who's going to be the MVP um, if, if they win? I think if it's the Chiefs' um, offensive side of the football, I mean, if we're actually talking who wins the Super Bowl MVP, it's Patrick Mahomes, but I think who will the actual MVP be? I think it'll be Travis Kelsey. I think that if Travis has a similar game to what he had against the Ravens, that's really going to, it's going to put the the Niners on their heels and it's going to allow the chiefs to move the football. They'll have a reliable third down target. And if he can get a couple of touchdowns, especially like that's going to be huge it, in getting a lead and maintaining a lead and just the confidence, I think of the offense when, when Travis and Pat are cooking, I think everybody else, it's kind of, you always believe when you have Pat, but I think when you see like the two of them working well together, I, every other guy on the offense has got to be like, okay, this is one of the good games. Like we're having a good day. Cause Travis mm-hmm. and Pat are like on fire. Um, yeah. Defensively, the MVP, I think it's, is it dumb to say Chris Jones? Like, I, I there's going to be a lot of focus on the secondary. There's going to be a lot of focus on Snead and McDuffie. But Chris makes problems in the second half. And I think that he he just comes up with big plays whenever he needs to. And I think that could easily be be the MVP. For the Niners, I think it's McCaffrey. If the, if the Niners win, I think it's because McCaffrey has a huge day, whether it's catching the ball or just running the ball or both, likely both because he's a dual threat yeah. um, running back. And defensively, I think it's Bosa. If Bosa can cause problems, I mean, that's none of these are like sexy picks, but if Bosa can cause problems for Jawan Taylor, for the tackles, um, get to Mahomes, cause pressure, get the Chiefs off balance, make make Mahomes make off-platform throws to wide receivers who have not, let's, let's remember, like, yes, they play better in the playoffs, but have not historically been as successful this year and have the most drops of any team in the league then I think that you can you can absolutely win the game that way. So, yeah. what about you? I think Bosa and Mahomes, I agree. Um, it, it just kind of feels like, and I know even with the game in Super Bowl 54, it even almost felt like Mahomes maybe shouldn't have won it, and he did anyway. 
Um, so I think that's evidence. Like Mahomes will probably win MVP if the Chiefs win um, mm -hmm. offensively. Um, but I even, I think even more so this year, just with he's not as surrounded with as much talent. Like I think if the Chiefs win, he'll it's because he'll have just a stellar game. And he's the whole playoffs. He's just looked as good as ever. Just been absolutely mm -hmm. lights out. Yeah, he hasn't red. thrown the no ball for worthy like plays. a lot. No, yeah, yeah. I but think he's solid. I think I saw it's NFL record. He has six games, playoff games in a row without a turnover, um, which is just, yeah. Sorry, not, but like that's just absurd. And you know, it's gonna maybe even take a game like that from Mahomes, and I think he can handle the weight on his shoulders. He has, um, and again, both I agree. There's other than that, there's not many on this team, uh, many other guys on the team on that defense that would impact the game, I think, as much as Bosa. On the defense, I was leaning Chris Jones, too. We've been kind of hyping him up all year, but I think if Snead, like, just locks down Debo, I think that severely... I mean, we've even seen when Debo's hurt, the offense is just not the same without without him having success. So I think if mm -hmm. Snead has a good game and limits Debo, um, I think that's going to be a complete game-changer. Um and then offensively, I want to I want to say McCaffrey too because it really just it feels like if he doesn't have success, the team the offense won't. You know what I mean? And if he does, well, he'll get the mm -hmm. he'll get the nod. But um, I mean, he can be the MVP, but I think the X factor is probably Purdy. Yeah. Well, I almost wonder, man, is is Purdy the pick? If the if the Niners win, will he be the MVP just because he will have to like one play well, but then play well against a good Chiefs defense? So, um, I almost kind of want to lean Purdy because like if if I think if the Niners, I know I said like if the Niners want to win, McCaffrey has to run the ball well. But when Mahomes mm -hmm. is on the other side, like your quarterback also has to play well. And yeah. uh, we, we even saw that in 54 with drop, Garoppolo missed a couple key throws and mm -hmm. um, and they lost that game. So mm -hmm. I might go Purdy on the offensive side because he's going to have to just have mistake-free, just locked in uh, deep, uh, offensive plan um, for them mm -hmm. to win this game. So. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, you're going Bosa because I think it's yeah. I mean, unless Fred maybe Warner Fred has, like, Warner if he just like locks down Pacheco in the you know down in, or in if, the alley. And... If Traverius gets a big pick, it's possible it's Traverius. But yeah, I, yeah, I think it's I think Bosa's got to be. I, I, I think for them to to win the game, Bosa has to have a big game. I, mm -hmm. I think, and that's not impossible. I mean, Bosa's an All Pro defensive end. It's, it's very likely. Yeah. I do like your Chris Jones pick, though, man. It just feels like in the right times, he is just a pain in the you-know-what for the he just, teams. He just shows up when you need him to. I mean, and yeah. it's actually something they've tracked. Like, Chris Jones plays better in the second half of games. And he's not necessarily, you know, tanking in the first half, but he's saving himself. He knows when he needs to turn it on, and that's what he yeah. does. So, And especially what we've talked about. Like, this right side of the Niners offensive line it has struggled this year. And you just have to think, like, they're Carl Loftus and him are just like, whew, Let's do this, man. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't wait to to play. So, um, I mean, Nathan, I have one more question, and then I'm, I'm good to go unless you want to talk about something else. I just want to talk about what are your thoughts on the Chiefs embracing the villain role? Like, even, like, Kelsey Mahomes calling out the booing fans live. Like, I hear you. Come on. You know, I want to – Kelsey's like, I want to play right now. Let's go. Keep it going. It, I mean, I guess is this inevitable? How You think the Chiefs are handling it the right way? What are you thinking about this? I think it's I, I think it's inevitable. Um, we as Americans just get tired of the same people being successful all the time, and so anytime we build somebody up, we love to tear them down. And I'm not saying that as a criticism of like football fans 
who are not now like anti the Chiefs because it's the same way about the Patriots and the same way about like personally you you come down on one side or the other you either love the you either are a fan of and love the dynasty team or you absolutely hate them you're normally not apathetic you know you're not apathetic towards people who are super successful you normally really like them or really don't in, in sports anyway and so i understand it and i think that they're handling it well i mean they're they're being tongue in cheek about it i think they're joking about it i think they're the it, Mahomes specifically has made some comments alluding towards how he feels about it. And he's fine with being the villain because Brady was the villain and that's who he wants to become. You know, he wants to become the greatest quarterback of all time. He wants to win seven rings and he's said he's far away, but he's also not that far away. He's on track. I, I think it's just, it, it's what you have to have to do in that scenario because you can't just ignore it, right? You can't ignore yeah. that everybody was rooting against you. And I think the only thing that's made this a little different is the off the field Taylor Swift angle. And she has been, I think, unfairly vilified and demonized by people who already didn't like the Chiefs and has been the kind of avatar for all their hatred um, and have looked as that as like a legitimate grounds for hating the team is because they find Taylor Swift annoying. I said this last week on the pod and I'll say it again. If you are a person who gets upset because 40 seconds during the game, instead of cutting to the freaking owner's box to show you Clark Hunt smiling after the Chiefs score a touchdown, they cut to Taylor Swift who's celebrating with Jason Kelsey and her friend and or her friends or Brittany Mahomes. If you are mad about that, you can touch grass. You are one of the most annoying people on the internet right now. You get emotional about things for no reason. Taylor Swift is not bothering you. She is attending a football game and cheering on her boyfriend who plays a professional sport. Shut up. And so I think that is added to the villainy. Like people want to hate um, that. Um, there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of misogyny. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of men who are just glomming onto a, a you know, a, a woman who's successful and, um, they want to try to tear her down because those same people were like more of Jason Kelsey, whose antics are way more outlandish than Taylor Swift's. Taylor Swift is mm-hmm. dancing to a song or has a high five with Brittany Mahomes and Jason Kelsey is ripping off his shirt and going into the crowd. And I don't have a problem with what Jason Kelsey did. But if you're saying more Jason Kelsey, less Taylor Swift, like why? why investigate why and then again touch grass so that part of the villain arc i think is stupid but it's made me like taylor swift more i think it's made like chiefs fans kind of you know tighten up a little bit more and become more supportive of the team if that was even possible and i think it's a natural step you know like the patriots fans knew everybody hated them every patriots fan you'd ever meet was like yeah you hate me you know what it doesn't matter because we win it's kind of nice to have that attitude and that's what we have and i think that players have to have that attitude as well yeah yeah i i agree it was really honestly interesting seeing this playoff run like the guys almost like enjoyed it i think mahomes likes i mean he he's even like alluded to this he's like i love arrowhead and i I don't want to play anywhere else but he's like i kind of like playing on the road like he's like the the booze like fuel me like i actually love it that the people are booing and throwing snowballs snowballs he's like it like drives me even more so i think that's just really interesting it's like they, they would they rather play on the road? Like it, it kind of fires at least Kelsey up more, maybe even than being um, at home in front of Arrowhead. So that's just really interesting. And 
you know, that's just the whole, they've never played a road playoff game that, that lasted literally six days. <laughs> that's it. So it's just it, funny to see that. It's fun to be the spark. It's fun to be like the, the fuel that, you know, makes a crowd, your home crowd go crazy. That's obviously one of the greatest things in sports, but another thing, and, and specifically I think if you're thinking of one athlete who loved to do this, it was Kobe Bryant. It's also fun to be the silencer. It's fun it's fun to be at an away game, have a team's have a team's fans screaming at you, and then you make a big play and they all shut up. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing more fun than that, you know, as a as a competitor. And I think Mahomes got the opportunity to do that this year. And you know, some of these, I'm they these guys are not on social media the same way we are, but they know they know what yeah. the general vibe is. They know what people are doing. They know they know how against the Chiefs a lot of people are, and it's. I think it's, I don't even, it's not a nobody believes in us thing, which they're definitely going to try to use. Every successful team is like, nobody believes in you. They just use that as motivation. It's a legitimate, like a lot of people just don't want to see the Chiefs win because they've already won a lot. Yeah. And that's fine. They know that, but the more people root against you and then you succeed, the sweeter it feels oftentimes. So I I think they embraced it and I think they should. Yeah. (laughs) The Niners had a funny post it was like a hype video and i'm trying to remember the caption even but um i'm trying to find it it was like uh always counted out or something like that um and it was you might have even seen it trending on twitter and people were like you've been favored in every single football game this year um what do you mean like you know you've yeah always been counted out they might have honestly taken it down because i'm not seeing it yeah, I'm back like, in the Chiefs. And, and the Chiefs did that last year. I mean, Travis Kelsey was like, nobody believes in us. And people were like, you're the number one seed. Like, mm-hmm. you had a home field advantage. Everybody believed in you. Nobody wanted you to yeah. be here, but everybody believed in you. It's the same thing. The, the Patriots did that whenever they came to Arrowhead. You remember that? But, and yeah, I, you I were think so mad at Edelman. It was Edelman, and I was so pissed off about it. And, like, it's just a way to get, one, it makes other te- like other fans of other teams mad, but two, it's just a way to like motivate yourself and be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen to yeah. just the haters. Nobody does believe in us. And it's like, you're the freaking new England Patriots. Mm-hmm. You have the most Super Bowls of any franchise. Like obviously everybody believes in you. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I found it. It's against all odds. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, you've been the one seed this whole time. LMAO. <laughs> yeah. They were literally had all the odds in their favor. I don't So, but you know, I mean, it, I'm not, I'm it's kind what of you have to the do. Niners, but you, the Chiefs have done it too, you know. And yeah, you have some. I've even yourself. been. I don't think they've done it as much this year, in that it's been, not like, warranted. I think this year there has been a lot of like you. You look at there's so many screenshots, and Bobby Stroop, his personal trainer, has been putting so many screenshots on Twitter. But it feels like week in and week out, it's like a clean panel picking the Ravens and the Josh Allen's better quarterback than the Mahomes. So there has been a couple of like really guys, you know. And, um, but I think mean, with the Niners, it feels like it's more or less crazy talk. Like both teams aren't giving each other content to get off of, and people are being pretty balanced, I feel like, this week at least. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing, if I was ever in this situation, and I'm not, and I'm never going to be, so maybe I should just shut up, but I would just not want to add fuel to the fire. You don't mm-hmm. want to give any bulletin board material. Your fans are going to do that for you, and it's not something you really want anyway. But there's no way George Kittle is going to show up to a press conference and be like, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is overrated, and I don't think that this Chiefs team is very good, and I think we can easily beat them. He's not going to do that. 
even if he were to believe that, which I don't think he does, he's not going to do that. You know why? Because he knows that the, the first thing that you come into the meeting the next day, that's the first thing Andy Reid's going to show you. He's just going to pull it up on YouTube, right? The same thing for the for the Niners. It's not like Travis or Pat or anybody's going to be like, oh, this Niners team, you know, it's kind of, I'm kind of shocked they were here. They have played bad in the playoffs this year and Brock Purdy's not that good. They're not going to do that. You know why? Because Shanahan will open the next meeting with a YouTube video. Like you just don't add fuel to the fire. So. Yeah. There's actually, I want to read a tweet real quick just before we close up this topic. Um, Kalen Saunders, who was the, was the chief and now is with the Saints, um, retweeted a presser, you know, and it's like Big Bosa responding. They hold a lot. And then it was Kelsey responding and just like, they're just an incredible team. They're the one seed for a reason. They deserve it. And he responded and he said, Big Red used to literally get more mad at us for disrespecting an opponent and giving, quote, bolts and board material than for blowing an assignment in the game. He does not play with that, which mm. makes the whole everyone hates the chief, chiefs are cocky mantra so confusing. But I just thought it was interesting. Like a former player was like, Andy Reid cared more about disrespecting opponents publicly than like blowing assignments because I think he understands it. Like, do not give them an ounce, you know, to go off of. Yeah, and I, I it's obviously in the culture because you don't hear the chiefs say anything now. Post game, after people have talked, you, we've seen Instagram live. Yeah. We've seen against the yeah. Bengals we've seen them go off but it's warranted they won the game they played well but it is interesting of like they don't Reed ever talk this before and Reed yeah. cares about it clearly so they don't they don't ever really talk they didn't even respond like Pat wasn't responding to the like he's never played in Buffalo you know he's never played here with the fans like he didn't respond to that and you know that they're not going to because yeah Andy cracks down on that but it's just you never want to write <laughs> you never want to write checks before you can cash them Mm. you know Bro, so put just down your instagram bio just, just don't do that just don't write a check before yeah. you can cash it you know you don't want to do that um if you don't have the money in your account don't write the check and, and they didn't have the money in the account well when you win a game you have the money in your account afterwards so you can write all the checks you want and you could say that's front running and whatever but like it's it's just that's the nature of it you know that's it's just mm-hmm. what you do and that's how they handle themselves so yeah Dang. All right. Well, that was our Super Bowl preview. That's kind of, it's kind of a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired. We talked a lot. Yeah, we talked a lot. Uh, one, I think a fun thing to do before we go out. Um, give me a bold prediction from okay. this Super Bowl. Like, okay. give me something like this is not necessarily a normal take of something that's going to happen. A score, a player, a performance, okay. a fan rushing the field with a meat suit on. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Um. MVS will score a touchdown. That that's actually pretty bold. Yeah, I think MVS will score a touchdown. I think it'll be a long pass. I think it'll be a big play. Um, I think MVS, who has had a redemption arc in the playoffs, will complete that arc with a touchdown catch. Then it feels timely. It's just like the last two years. It's been like, oh, there he is. You know what I mean? He's just offensive Frank Clark. We said this so many times, but he is. (laughs) That's actually really good. Yeah. And I've heard that before too, but that's really good. Oh, what's my, I have two. I'm going to, this may not sound like a bold take. I'm Chris Jones gets a defensive touchdown. Oh, wow. That is, and I know it's, yeah, that's bold. That doesn't like, happen. Especially I, for I don't know if he's ever tackles. had that. Yeah. Like he, he always gets to the quarterback. He gets to the quarterback. I think there's a chance like maybe Carl Loftus strips, you know, birdie and, and Chris Jones scoops it up or falls in the end, you know? So, Hey, 
Chris, my guy, Chris Jones, uh, will get a will get a score. Chris Jones getting a tutty. I like that. in this game, and his potential last game as a Chief. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. that'd be fun. That'd be wild. Mm-hmm. But uh, cool. what's your uh, what's your other? You said you had two. Oh, I was thinking about doing Nick Bolton gets another defensive touchdown because he had one last year, a scoop and score. Sheesh. Like in back to back Super Bowls, he gets a defensive touchdown. Like find a stat if that's ever happened. I'd be pretty probably crazy. not because there's I'd only be, been be pretty crazy five back to back winners. I don't know something like that. I do. I have one last last question. I promise this is it. Okay, what's up? Scale of one to ten, how do you feel about Usher being the halftime performer? Six and a half. Mm. I'm a. Like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, like, bleh, this is wild. Let's go. Honestly, I, I, I was a little more excited for Rihanna last year, I think. And um, how how much how much does that point total go down whenever he opens with yeah, and then you know, don't care about any of the other songs that he's about to sing? That's fair. <laughs> also, another question, how much does that point title affected by the Chiefs be in there? If they weren't there, we might care a little more because it's like, uh, okay, I'll watch the Super Bowl halftime show. I, I'm gonna be I so don't remember anything about Rihanna's because I was just pissed off because we were losing and Pat was hurt last year. Yeah, that's so I don't, that's don't really remember, Except for everybody going, she's pregnant, but like I can't say it because like, what if I'm wrong and she's not and then I'm that's awful? So All the ladies was, at our party were like, yeah, she's 100% pregnant. I was like, okay, yeah. whatever. You I, had to get, I had to get permission first before I was allowed <laughs> to say it. The Super Bowl gathering. Yeah, I'm not like opposed to it. I think it's a cool pick. I think he's... Maybe it's due. Like he's been around for a while. He's gotten his fame. And uh, do you, uh, do we know who was with him? Has that been a surprise? Has it been revealed? Do we know? If- they haven't really announced any any special guests. I think they There's no way they he's solo. Do, they kind of do that like professional wrestling entrances. I think you just get surprised whenever the person comes cool. out there, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's Lil yeah. John, which I think will probably be there. And maybe just, does he bring out Justin Bieber? Is the question? Does he? Because remember there was the whole like Justin Bieber. He's the mentor. I think that would be a big deal if he did that. I'm not seeing a lot of people talk about that. So just putting that out there. My mm. my excitement is like a three. I just like, yeah, oh, yeah, I like, yeah. I think yeah is a banger. And I think the rest of Usher's songs that I've heard are a little forgettable in my opinion, um, which may be a slander. I don't know. But I just, yeah. I think it's going to be, the problem is like there is going to be a better pick for the halftime performance in the building. If Taylor Swift mm. is at the game, like that's gotta suck, you know? Or like Jay Z or something. It's like it's gotta why be was like he in this. You gotta be like, oh, I'm doing my first rock concert, and then you look up and like Led Zeppelin's just sitting in a booth <laughs> watching you, and you're like, well, this is kind of not yeah. great. Why am I here? Why aren't you guys yeah. playing? I think like it's the same situation. That's a good point. So, Honestly, know. once the game starts, it'll probably drop down to a four and a half. We'll be losing by like six at half, and I'll be like, I don't care about us. I will not care. Yeah, we'll be texting like, like, okay, what, what do the Chiefs what, need to do to win what this? Commercial, <laughs> what commercial is the best? And I'm going to be like, shut up. Um, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> so. um, yeah, it's good. That's really good. Super Bowl 58 in Viva Las Vegas. <sighs> That's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, Chiefs in their fourth Super Bowl in five years. Niners back to the Super Bowl for the first time since Super Bowl 54 when they played the Chiefs. And uh, this is, well, this won't be our last football podcast. We'll do probably one more next week to mm-hmm. finalize this game in the season. <laughs> but um, next week or in yeah. two weeks, depending on how this game goes. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good point. Uh, but no, it's been fun. Um, you know, I, hey, whatever happens, I, I know I won't complain. 
nearly as much as the Niners have about their practice facility. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I do know, you know, uh, I'll be content knowing that we made it in a year we shouldn't have. So, yep. um, it's been good. Super Bowl 58 preview on what do you want to watch? Y'all been listening. We've been talking about it. We'll see y'all next week. Goodbye. Bye.